Glory to God. Well, you can see that I'm here. Amen. Josh, are we live? All right then. So you can see that I'm here. That's because my husband went hunting for his birthday. Amen. So most of the time when, when I'm preaching, uh, he's off hunting and enjoying the woods. Amen. Hallelujah. You can take the man out of the woods, but you can't take the woods out of the boy, right? Take the boy out of the woods, but you can't take the woods out of the boy. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, so I just want to say hi to everybody online. Plus, I want to say hi to my husband. Hello, husband. Pastor Daryl. Everybody turn around and go, hi, Pastor Daryl. <laughs> so he drove all the way from Tennessee. It should be only about four hours to Georgia so he could get in some Wi-Fi and watch me this morning. Isn't that nice? Y'all didn't drive five hours. Praise the Lord. He didn't have any Wi-Fi at his cabin, but so he actually drove to his sister's house, Robin. So uh, him and my brother-in-law, my favorite brother-in-law, you know, Daryl asked me to say that, Johnny, right? Okay. So uh, he's a great brother-in-law, but Johnny and uh, Pastor Daryl are watching us live online today. Amen. Well, I, I am just so happy to be here. I am so excited. I want you to put your listening ears on this morning, amen, and your heart tender to God. Today, we're going to talk about being fearless, amen. We're going to talk about being fearless. There's a lot of things going on in our society and our culture right now that seems to be shaking a lot of people up, even Christians, amen. And being very afraid, being very shaken about things that are going on. And believe me, I realize that there's things going on that don't look good. But the truth is, is that you can't just sit here and say, oh, I know that. I know that. Well, I'm going to tell you what my father told me when I was young. He said, well, if you know, then do. That's what he told me. And my father didn't say a lot of words, but he did say, well, if you know, then do. So the truth is, is that today we're going to be able to and start practicing and doing some doing if you hadn't been doing the doing. Amen. 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 So don't sit here while I'm preaching to say, I already know that. No, you don't know it if you don't do it. Amen. So praise the Lord. God is good. Let's go to Psalms 112. Psalms 112. Praise the Lord. Verse 1. Praise the Lord. Well, that's a great way to start off a psalm. Praise the Lord. Let's try that, right? Praise the Lord. Amen. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. Let's stop right there. We're going to be talking about being fearless, but in order to be fearless, you're going to have to fear somebody. You're either going to fear the Lord or you're going to fear man. You're going to fear the Lord or you're going to fear Satan's devices. But we're going to find out this morning what really is the fear of the Lord. Simplistically, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1 and verse 2. Deuteronomy 6, verse 1 and 2. Now this is the commandment and these are the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you that you may observe them. That you may observe them, that means to do them, in the land which you are crossing over to possess. That you may fear the Lord your God. Now they're going to describe the definition of what that means. That you may fear the Lord your God, comma, 
to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you. What is the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord is to what? To keep all his statutes and his commandments, which he commands you. You, you and your son, your grandson, all the days of your life, that your days may be prolonged. So you'll live out your life. Amen? So the fear of the Lord, simplistically speaking, is for you to honor and obey his commands that he has taught you. If you do not honor and, uh, his, obey, and obey his commands, you do not really fear him. It's not, it's not just, oh, I praise him. Oh, I just, I worship him. I love him. He's so merciful. He is. But do you do? Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do what I say. Amen. If you don't do what he says, you don't love him. You might love what he does for you. You might love what he has done for you. You might love what he could do for you, but you don't love him if you don't observe his commands. Amen. So if you'll just keep that in your head, if you're going to observe his commands, you're going to fear the Lord. You're going to fear the Lord. You're going to remember in this service, you're going to fear one of two things. You're either going to fear God or you're going to fear man. If you fear God, the fear of man will not be a snare to you. If you fear God, the fear, the lies, the deception that Satan puts out there, his devices will not be a snare to you. You're going to fear one or you fear the other. There's no middle ground. Amen? All right, so let's go on. Psalm 112. Nope, verse 3. Wealth and riches will be in your house. Your righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. Listen, there is darkness. It says light in the darkness. There is darkness around, and it's getting ready to get darker. But Proverbs says the path of the just, right? It, it, it's like the shining sun that shines brighter and brighter until that day. Amen? So unto the upright there arises a light in the darkness. He's gracious, full of compassion and righteous. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. Verse 7, he will not be, I don't hear you, he will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. If you fear the Lord, you will not be afraid of evil tidings. You will not be afraid of darkness that tries to consume you. It says your heart will be steadfast, trusting in the Lord. You will be established. You'll not be afraid until you actually see your desire Amen. upon your enemies. Amen. So let's go to Isaiah 41.10. Isaiah 41.10. Come on. Some of these verses you need to know. There's a lot of scriptures on everywhere in the Bible. Lots of scriptures where God said, do not fear, do not fear, do not be afraid. The angel that came to Zacharias, the angel that came to Elizabeth, the angel that came to Mary. What was something common in everything they said? Don't be afraid. Fear not. Be of good cheer. I got some great news for you. That's what Jesus comes to you and says. He says, don't be afraid. Fear not. Cheer up. 
Be of good cheer. I've got some good news for you. You are the light. I'm the light in you. To the extent that you let that light out, you're going to have light in your space. Amen. To the extent that you don't let that light out, you will have darkness in your space. Everything that you need from God is already wrapped up in your spirit man. Right? Amen. So you have, you have to get that out. How do you do it? By Proverbs 4.22. My son, daughter, attend to my words. Pay attention. Amen. Come on now. Yes. Yep. Amen. I, I, I see you guys, right? Not all of you, but I see some of you. Y'all scrolling through your Instagram and your Facebook during Sunday morning, Wednesday night service. Because you got the little notifications on and someone texts you. What happened back in the day when we had no cell phone service? All we had was one of those ringling dingling phones, right? Come on, we went to church, we opened our Bibles, we put our attention on the Word of God. Yeah, well, I'm watching my, I'm watching my Bible on my phone. Yeah, well, on your phone, your little no notifications are going to run over that scripture when someone goes ding and ping. But there ain't going to be no dinging and pinging run over of your scripture if you'll open up your Bible. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Come on now. Amen. If you don't have your Bible, the hard handmade copy, then just look at the screen and put your phone on silent. That's what I would do because you still got notifications and ads coming up on what you're looking in the scriptures at. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So come on now. Amen. My son, attend, pay, pay, pay attention. Attend to my words. Let them not incline your ear to my sayings. Hear, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for their life to those who find them. Health to all their flesh. What are you looking at? And what are you listening to? And what are you putting your attention on? Whatever you're looking at, whatever you're listening to, whatever you're putting your attention on is what you get. If you're looking at fear, you get fear because you're accepting and receiving it into your life. If you're putting your attention on it, if you're listening to it, that's what you get. Be careful of everything you're looking at. Everything in every way. You need to look at the word. So let's go to Daniel chapter 3. Ah, Before we go to Daniel, let's go to Isaiah 41. Fear not, I know, for I am with you. Right? Fear not, for I am with you. Isaiah 41.10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. Why, why the long faces? If you knew this by heart, you wouldn't have a long face. Fear not. That's a command. That's not a suggestion. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Hey, that's all I need to hear right there. I'm your God. I'm going to make you strong. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That covers everything. Delta, COVID-19, dumb devils. I will strengthen you. I will make you strong. It doesn't say I'm going to keep you in the bathroom and in the bed. That's not what it says. It says I'll make you strong. That means every fiber of your body, every cell of your body, every organ, I will strengthen you. I will help you. 
I will uphold you. I will lift you up with my righteous right hand. Come on, that's only three little sentences there that you could live off for the rest of your life. And that's what you got to keep before your eyes. If he said he's going to strengthen you, he's going to strengthen you. If he said he's going to help you, he's going to help you. If he says he's going to lift you up and you're sitting in his hand and he's lifting you up, then that's just exactly what he's doing. Amen? You believe that? All right, then we're going to act like it. Praise the Lord. So let's go to Daniel chapter 3. I am going to read a story out of the Bible that, you know, that we need to remind ourselves that these stories are put in the Bible for our learning and understanding. Amen? They are not just fables. They are not just cute bedtime stories. I'm not sure I would want to read this before I went to bed. But I lost my place, but that's okay. I'll find it. Daniel 3, chapter 3. We're going to read the story. I'm not going to just tell it. We're going to read it, and you need to think about what's going on today. You need to think about the fact that this story was put in the Bible for you for today. This is not just something for you to read the story, close the book, and go, wasn't that cute? No, it's not cute. It's the real deal, and it's for you today. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is the same. He says, I'm the Lord. I change not. So what he was yesterday, he'll be for you today. What he is for you today, he'll be for your kids tomorrow. He'll be for you tomorrow. He is the Lord. He changes not. And Satan, he hadn't changed either. He does everything the same way. Darkness, fear, lies, and deception. Nothing's new. But he hates the Lord. There coming a day where God's like... That's enough. Squish. Put the light out, right? Amen. So let's read this. So at the time, let's go to verse uh, uh, (laughs) 1. Nebuchadnezzar, the king made an image of gold, whose height was 60 cubits. Its width, 6 cubits. Very, very tall. Very, very tall. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar sent all word to gather his governors, satraps, administrators, rat traps, counselors, treasurers, judges, all the feds, all the feds he called together. Are you listening to me? All the feds in his Nebuchadnezzar's administration. All right? So they all came together, verse 3, to the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried, like a messenger, a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages. Listen to me. You listen to me. To you it is commanded. What right does someone have to stand up and command all the nations, tribes, and languages of the world to what he's about to say. They don't have that right. Only God has that right. So to you it's commanded, O peoples, nations, France, Australia, America, China, Vietnam, come on, Korea, to you it's commanded, all you peoples, nations, tribes, and languages, that when you hear... The sound, remember that. When you hear the sound, the horn, the flute, the lark, the lyre, the psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down 
and you shall worship the image, right, that Nebuchadnezzar built up, right? All right, so first of all, he said, when you hear the sound, you fall down. Wow. Who are you that I should obey you? All right. So, and whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. So at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the news of the CDC, and symphony with all kinds of music, airing on CNN, ABC, NBC, and ABS, and all that, all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the gold image which Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So there's a problem here. What did our God command us in Deuteronomy 5? Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Thou shalt not worship and fall down and worship any gods. Amen. Amen. So there was a sound that already had come from heaven to his Jewish people and to us. You shall have no other gods before me. But now there's a different sound coming out saying, you shall fall down to this big gold beast and you shall worship it. And when you hear the sound, you must or you ain't going to be able to buy, you ain't going to be able to sell, we're going to close the grocery stores, you can fly. Okay, come on, listen to me. This story's here for a reason. All right, so there's the sound. But we got another sound we're listening to. Therefore, at the time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said, O king, live forever. Not. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of all that music shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. But there are certain Jews. There are certain Christians. There are certain people that are actually under God's law and not obeying our law that are in the land who are not doing what you said. But you've set them over the affairs. They were high up over the affairs of the province of Babylon. They were actually in good standing with the king. Daniel was the one that appointed those three because the king had given it to Daniel because he interpreted his dreams for him. So the king knew well of God. He knew well who was God and who was on the throne, okay? But Daniel said, no, go ahead and put my friends over these three provinces, amen? And so here they are, and then it says, there, these Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, these men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They've not feared you. They've not respected you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury gave the command to bring them to him. They brought them before the king and he said, Is it true, O Christians? Is it true, Nicole, Amber, and Zach, of what they say, that when the music and the sound comes forth, that you don't fall on your knees and worship? So he's asking them, Is it true? Now, he didn't give them a chance to answer right there. He kept talking. Now, if you are ready, I'm going to give you one more chance, boys. If you're ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not 
Worship, you will be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Wow, he knew about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He just put a challenge out to him and said, Who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego answered and said, Oh, king, oh, Nebuchadnezzar. Actually, they didn't call him king. God was their king. We have no need to answer you in this matter. You know what? You do not need to answer everybody that comes down the pike telling you what you're doing, why you're doing, how you're doing. You don't have to answer them because they really don't want your answer. They just want to get in a verbal or physical battle with you. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't have to answer you in this matter. He said, if that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Are you able and ready to stand in front of a king of darkness or an authority of darkness and say those words that our God is able to deliver us and he will deliver us? Come on, picture a fiery furnace. Somebody threatening you? Are you able to do that? Listen, if you don't lift your voice, you're going to lose your voice. It's time for you to stop being cowards. I'm not calling you all cowards. It's time for us to stop being afraid and lift our voice when we need to. Amen. That is the case. Our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods. Why? Because the Ten Commandments told him, you shall serve, you will have no other gods before me. We have a higher law that we're under. Amen? We do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. When Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and the expression on his face changed, Toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he spoke and commanded, Go ahead, heat the furnace seven times more. Go ahead, heat it up. He is mad. He is mad, right? And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Come on, picture yourselves. Are you ready? Are you ready for this to be you? Are you ready to trust your God enough to go? Instead of going, no, it's okay, I'll just fall down, but I really don't mean it. I I don't really mean it. I'll just fall down and I'll just pretend, and then I'll get back up and go pray to God. No, that's not what he said. That's not what he said. He said, don't even fall down. Amen? They bound them, and they cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. They literally went. They went down, down, down. I'm going to extend to you that maybe the fall probably didn't feel that good either or wouldn't feel that good if they felt it. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Come on now. The word of God says, touch not mine anointed. You touch God's anointed, you're going down. And that's just the way that it is. So they threw them in and they got killed. All right, here we go. 
And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then King said, or was astonished, and rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king, look! He answered, I see four men loose, 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 walking in the midst of the fire. They are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. I mean, come on. King Nebuchadnezzar just said the fourth is a form like the Son of God. That was revealed to him. He better get off his high horse. I'm just saying. Let's go on. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. Amen? And so it says in verse 27, the satraps, the administrators, the rat traps, the governors, the king's counselors, they all gathered together and they saw, verse 20, these men on whose bodies the fire had no power the hair of their head was not singed nor were their garments affected or the smell of fire was not even on them come on people come on come on not only did they not die they didn't even smell like smoke I mean when I walk past a campfire I smell like smoke and it bothers me because I can't sleep at night I know what that's like you get around something like that, it gets on you. Their hair wasn't singed. Their coats weren't touched. They didn't even smell like fire. If God will do it for them, will he do it for you? Yes, he will. If God will do it for them, will he do it for you in this hour? Come on, what sound are you listening to? Are you listening to the sound of the CDC? Are you listening to the sound of the CNN? Are you listening to the sound of God, him? Are you listening to the sound of the word of God? If he said, fear not, then don't fear. If he said, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. If he said, I'm going to help you, he's going to help you. If he said he's going to strengthen you, he's going to strengthen you. If he's going to say he's going to uphold you with his righteous right hand, then that big old righteous right hand is holding you up. Luke 10, 19 says, behold, I give you the authority to trample. Come on, trample. Come on, trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. No delta virus. No Scooby-Doo virant, right? Come on. Give me a break. Just give me a break. What does that mean in the Greek? Nothing shall by any means hurt you. It means nothing. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing. I don't care what Wuhan, Wahan, Wehan did. It's not bigger than Jesus. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Do you believe that? Come on, you're, you're one of the three Hebrew children. You are, he who is a Jew is one of one inwardly that has made Jesus Lord. He who is a Jew is just not one outside, but one who is one inwardly because you made Jesus Lord. If you are of faith, you are heirs with believing Abraham. That's what Galatians says. And everything that God promised him comes to you because... Faith is what brings you into the family, yes. amen, of all the promises. Amen. So if he's with you, he's with you, right? 
If he's with you, he's with you. Watch what you're listening to. Watch what you're looking at. Watch what you're listening to. I'm not saying be mean to people, but hold your ground. They're going to be mean to you. Get over it. That's just what evil people do. They're mean. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Mark 5.36. Mark 5.36. I love this. This is Jesus speaking to you today. Hallelujah. You get ready for the miracles and the glory of God to show up in your life. Praise the Lord. I just have to point this out because this is such a good story. I'm going to uh, start with verse 35, but we're talking about Jairus, which is a ruler of the synagogue. His daughter is dying, but she's 12 years old, but she hasn't died yet. So he goes to Jesus. He finds Jesus and said, please come, lay your hands, come to my house, lay your hands on my daughter, and I know that she will live. He is making a confession of faith. She will live. Amen. And so on the way to his daughter's house, a woman with an issue of blood stops Jesus. We're not going into that story. But it says she told him all. She probably delayed the, 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 the line 30 minutes, maybe an hour. And most people would have gotten mad about that. Some men would have like, woman, shut up. She's going to my house today to lay hands on my daughter. She's ill. She's dying. And so here we come to this verse. He's already, you know, the power went out. He's already ministered to the woman with the issue of blood. And here's what happens. Verse 35, while he was still speaking, some came, some came, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? There will always be naysayers in your life. There will always be somebody giving you advice, telling you what to do, how to do, why to do, and telling you what is evident or the, there was really something that happened. I'm not denying the fact that the daughter died. She did die, okay? But they came and they just decided that they were going to speak for Jesus. And they said, forget about it. Don't trouble the master any further. Just go home. She's dead. And I want you to see something in this verse. Why trouble the teacher any farther? Verse 6. As soon as Jesus heard their words, he looked at them and addressed them. No, he didn't. I'm not trying to be, like, I'm not trying to be, catch you. I'm just saying he didn't. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler, as soon as he heard the naysayer's word, don't go any further. Don't trouble the master. She's dead. It's over. Everything you've been believing for, it ain't going to come to pass. Don't even go for it. But Jesus turned and he quickly looked at the ruler. Who's the one that made the request? The ruler is. He has nothing to say to the naysayers. But the minute he heard it, he looked at the ruler and said, do not be afraid. Only believe. And today he's looking at you and he's saying, don't worry about what they're saying. Don't worry about the darkness. Don't worry about what you're feeling. Don't worry about all the darkness that surrounds you and all the discouragement. You're not going to get this. You're not going to get that. God's not going to answer your prayer. You're not going to have any food. He's looking at you today through me saying, don't be afraid. Only believe. That is what you are. You're a believer. You're not a doubter. 
He is looking at you like he looked at Jairus. He is no respecter of person. Don't be afraid. Only believe. And what happened? Went to the house, kicked them all out because they were mourning and wailing and making fun and mocking him. Kicked them out, laid his hands on the little girl, and she rose from the dead. Amen. Come on. Do you expect this to happen in your life? I expect it to happen in mine. I expect that those stories are not going to be the only stories written. We're going to write some of our own stories. We're going to write some of our own miracles. We've already got things that God has done for us, things that have happened that are wonderful that God has done. Amen? And so let's go to Matthew 6. Matthew 6. Verse 25, therefore I say to you, do not worry. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink. Right? Nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? I'm going to tell you where Jesus spoke to me on this verse. I was reading on Facebook where they shut France down. I don't know if they're still shut down in this way, but they shut all the grocery stores up. Mm -hmm. People were not allowed to buy unless they had the vaccine. What what if that happened here? What if a decree, what if a sound came out tomorrow? All Publixes, all Winn-Dixies, all Dollar Generals, every store that has food, water, and all these essentials that you need, which we depend on, is shut down to you because you don't have the vaccine passport. Mm. Uh, Jesus said, don't worry That's right. what you will eat or what you will drink, yeah. nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Come on, if he can yeah. feed a million people yeah. out in the desert yeah. with yeah. banana bread, come on, and quail, give me a break. Yeah. He can feed you. You can figure it out. Go shoot a squirrel in your yard or something. I mean, learn to dig up some roots. Figure it out. You won't have to go to Publix all your life. You don't have to depend on man's worldly system. Amen? He said, don't worry about your life, what you're going to eat, or what you're going to drink, or about your body, what you're going to put on your body. And Americans, we have all the clothes in our closet that we need until the day we die. Now, we might not be as fashionable going throughout the years, but we have plenty of raiment, right? We have plenty of clothes to clothe us, amen? We're not going to be naked. But the truth is, is I think it bothers people more because of the food situations. There's a lot of people that are depending on, what if your utilities get cut off? What if the power gets, what if you lose your Wi-Fi? Oh, my. What, what would we ever do without Wi-Fi? Listen, Wi-Fi is a blessing. We're live streaming today. I'm glad I can reach a larger audience. But the truth is, is God said, don't worry about the most important essential thing is your life, what you're going to eat or drink. God said, listen, look, look at the other, look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor they gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Come on, the birds do no work. They're free lifters. Free loaders. But they're free lifters too. They're lifting the worms up out of the dirt that God gives them. They're free loaders. Amen. What's a free lifter? Does that have to do with a gym? 
working out in the gym, a free lifter. <laughs> Anyways, they're freeloaders, amen? They're squatters, right? So they're just moving into territory that really don't belong to them. They flit, they fly around, and it says, but God feeds them. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't work a nine-to-five job. They don't have to have money to go buy groceries at the store. They just flip, fly around, and it says, God takes care of them. And he said, are you not, Word of Life Church, of more value than they? God loves you. He loves you. If he'll take care of a bird, he'll take care of you. You actually work for a living. Amen? If he can take care of the birds and the bees, he can take care of you. Right? So let's go on. And it says that, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Like how can you grow yourself up? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. They don't work. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is gone. He clothes the grass of the field, which today is, tomorrow is gone, thrown into the oven. Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Your Father knows you need all these things. For after all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God. That's the key. And his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. If you're not seeking first his kingdom, if you're not seeking first his righteousness, if you're not seeking to be obedient, obey him, and all that he's commanded to do, for you to do, then you do have something to worry about. Because you're not operating in the fear of the Lord. And if you're not operating in the fear of the Lord, then the fear of man will snare you. Amen? Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Right? Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. The Lord is just saying rest. He said, be of good cheer. Nope. He said, in the world you shall have tribulation. I know you didn't pull that out of your promise box this morning when you had breakfast, but that is a scripture that's in your Bible. In the world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. All right. Isn't Jesus the one that said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy burdened, heavy laden. He says, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I will give rest unto your souls. Are you reading that? Are you looking at that? Because if you're not looking at that, you're carrying a heavy load. But the minute you start putting your eyes on the word of God, what he said to you, what he promised to you, he's going to take care of you. Whatever it is you're looking at, whatever it is you're listening to, whatever it is that you're putting your attention on is what you're going to have. So the more you put your attention here and you put your eyes in this word, you'll be walking around like fire on a stick. Come on, let's go to Hebrews 13. 
Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Will Jesus leave you in trouble? No. He said, I'll never leave you. He's actually quoting something back that God said in Deuteronomy to the children of Israel. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Is he always going to be at your side? He's in you. He's with you. The Holy Spirit has not left you. Amen? Let, so we may boldly say, if he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, then we can boldly open up our mouth and say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Come on, let's say it. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man or circumstances do unto me? So it's time for you to honor God's word above everything else that you're hearing out there. What is the sound that we were listening to when it all came down? We were not listening to the sound of CNN. We were not listening to the sound of Wuhan Waha. We know that it's real. We know that it's happened. We're not denying what happened. It happened. And there's more that probably will happen. What are you going to do there? Or then? Every time you sneeze, you're going to run to the hospital and get a test to see if you have COVID so they can do something for you? Not a good idea. That's not a good idea. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Get the word as medicine. The Bible says that the word is medicine to all your flesh. It's medicine. If you're going to take the other medicine, take the other medicine with it. Take the Bible as medicine. Jesus himself took away our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. And by his stripes, we were healed. He lifted the burden of sickness off of us. It, it, sickness is a debt. Sickness is punishment for sin. We're not under sin. Romans 6 says we're no longer under the dominion of sin. If I'm not under sin, I'm not under the punishment of sin. If I'm not under sin, I'm not under the penalty of sin. If I'm not under sin and darkness, I'm not under anything related to sin and darkness. And that's just the way it will be. But I will have to enforce that. It is not automatic. You will lift your voice. You will tell the devil and put him in his place. You will speak to the mountain as Jesus did. And you will say, be removed from my house. You will speak Psalm 91. No plague shall come near my dwelling. No evil shall befall me. Neither shall any plague. You're not allowed here. All right? That's how you're going to operate. Because that's the light that's in you. God is light. And in God in light, there's no darkness at all. To the extent you let that light out, to the extent you revere him and fear him and speak his word and put your attention on him, that light is like an aurora around you. Amen? I remember Poppy got sick uh, last year. But he, one thing about him, he knew to ask someone to come over and lay hands on him, burning up, burning up with a high fever. 
almost to the point he was trying not to go to the hospital. But at some point, maybe one or the other thought, maybe, I don't know, maybe this is really high. That's when he asked uh, Pastor Justin to come over. Pastor Justin came over, laid his hands on a hot head. Justin came in there not afraid that Poppy was going to transmit COVID to him. He went in there and he laid his hands on Poppy's hot back, burning hot head and hot bag and said, get off him in Jesus' name. You foul devil, get off him. I rebuke this fever. And it left. And he never went to the hospital and he's here today. Amen. Amen. I remember walking into Kieran's house. Very few people would let us go pray for them. They were afraid we would get it. Didn't get it. It doesn't worry us. Because if I'm going to be worried about that, I'm going to be worried about everything. If I'm going to be worried about I can't do my job. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If you get sick and you don't want to come to church, that's fine. I, I, I'm okay with that. I get what you're trying to do in the natural. But if you want us to come over to your house in private, we'll come over to your house. You want us to wear two masks, we will. Whatever makes you feel, you know, whatever. We probably won't. <laughs> Correction. We probably won't. But Karen's husband, Willis, he was not doing well. He was not doing well. He was laid out on the couch. He could hardly breathe. I don't think he ever went to the hospital, did he? And they, they just kept working with him, get him hot tea, whatever they gave him. But I remember the Wednesday night that Pastor and I walked in. And we laid our hands on him. And we commanded that foul sickness to leave him. And it did leave him. And he got up out of that grave. <laughs> Amen. Come on. We are children of the light, but you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. Right? A holy nation that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness. He has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Don't you be dancing with the darkness. You don't dance with the darkness. You come out of the darkness into his marvelous light. And you will have darkness fall at your feet. Just like it did with the three Hebrew young men. Amen. God is good. Come on, let's say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do unto me. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did yesterday, he does today. What he does today, he does tomorrow. Praise the Lord. It never stops. He's the same. He's constant. He is your stabilizing factor. Amen. Come on. He's my refuge. He's my strong tower. I don't see any fear and darkness in those verses. Do you? And if you find one, you let me know. And I'll recant everything I said. But you're not going to find it. Amen. I think I already said that Matthew 10, 8, 28, it says, Do not fear. Do not fear man who can throw, who can kill the body, but rather fear God who can kill body and soul. And take it to hell. It's not that God's taking you to hell. That's your decision. He sent a remedy for the problem. But he's not going to make you do it. 
the hell was designed for Satan and his angels. It was never designed for us. And it's a horrible thought to think that there are people there forever. That's why we're to preach the gospel. We're to preach the gospel of the kingdom. Amen. God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. Now let's go to Psalm 23. Or maybe you can say it by heart. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Come on now. We can go home right there on that one scripture. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That means you have no lack. You have no need for anything. He supplies all your needs. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yay! Everybody say yay! yay. Say yay, yay! yay. Say yay, yay, yay. Yay. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort. Come on, let's listen to that. You are going to walk through the valley of the shadow. Death has a shadow. And he said, as long as you're down here, you're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm not saying that some things, circumstances may come your way to try to get you off your faith, to discourage you. That's why Satan uses things to discredit you and your faith. He uses things to discredit the Lord to you. And he ain't listening to you. He ain't helping you. That's what he does. He lies to you. Listen, Jesus called him the father of lies. So anytime you hear something dark and bad, just say, oh, that's a lie. So just believe the reverse of it. Anything, something comes in and, and, and shakes up your soul, just believe the reverse of it. And that's what's true. You prepare a table before me. I am going to slap, sit down and feast in the presence of my enemies, in the presence of everything going on. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely badness and darkness. No, that's not what I, my Bible reads. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come on, say goodness is following me today. Mercy is following me today. The Lord spoke to me one time like this, Philippians 4, 4 through 8. I woke up one morning. He said, Philippians 4, 4 through 8 is a commandment. It is not a suggestion. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I said, Lord, you know it's really hard for me to rejoice right now. He said, well, if you don't, you're going to stay there. But if you do, you're going to move above it. He said, and if you don't understand, and if you don't even know how everything works, you at least understand rejoice. Okay? Don't come to me and say, I'm not sure how faith works, that all these steps, and I don't get it. Do you understand what it means when I say, get happy because of the blood of Jesus? Just lift up your hands and say, I rejoice in the blood of Jesus. I rejoice in the Lord. I rejoice. He's redeemed me from the curse of the law. I rejoice. Come on, that's easy. Nobody can miss the understanding of that. There may be a lot of things you don't understand, but you understand when I look at you and say, get happy because of the blood. Get a smile on your face and start rejoicing in Jesus. 
Again, what now? I had to say it double. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. That means nothing. Well, I got a lot of pain right now. Don't worry about it. Start giving glory to God. Just give God glory. He told you to rejoice with everything in you. Just start rejoicing. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, supplication. With what? Thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known. He didn't just say, don't worry. Okay, I'm just going to leave you with don't worry. Well, he didn't leave you there. He said, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Finally, word of life, church, whatever things are true. Uh, uh, wait a minute. I'm not done yet. What, there's a lot of true things. There's a lot of facts, but just because you got facts doesn't mean you have truth. There's a difference in facts and truth. Facts change. Truth does not change. All right? I'm at a red light. The red light is red. Then it turns green. But the red light was red. But the red light changed and turned green. So facts change. I'm sitting in a seat right now. Well, y'all are sitting in a seat. I'm not. Y'all are sitting in a seat in a minute. That's a fact. You're sitting in a seat. But in about 10 minutes, you're going to be up standing. That fact just changed. Remember this. Facts change, but truth does not. Truth always stays the same. Whatever things are true, noble, just. True, noble, just, pure, lovely, good report. If there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. If you are looking at a lot of stuff that's not full of good reports, turn it off. Listen, there's still some factual news out there that we're trying to learn and find out. But if you're constantly reading the facts as they stand right now, it can produce some darkness in your life. They can be true for right now, but remember, facts can change. So I don't need to hear, even on good news report places, all the stuff the devil's doing. I don't need, I already know what he's doing. You don't need to confirm every day that so-and-so did this. So-and-so is a child of the devil. He's going to do the same thing today that he did yesterday. I don't have to know what he did today, right? Come on, whatever things are pure, lovely, and of good report. I think Psalm 112 was very pure, lovely, and of good report. I think Psalm 23 was very pure, lovely, and of a good report. I think Mark, uh, where Jairus, whatever that chapter was, was of a good report. The Bible has good reports in it for you. I think Isaiah 41.10 is of a good report. Are you fearless? Yes, you are. You stand up. You stand up. The sound we heard when all this went down, even though we did not deny it, the sound we heard was Hebrews 10. Do not forsake the assembly of yourselves together, as is the manner of some, but do it even more so, even as the day is approaching. That means that not only do we need to do Sunday morning, sometimes Sunday night, sometimes Wednesday night, I mean, and Wednesday night, now we need to ramp it up and do another day of the week, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever. He said, do it even more so as the day is approaching. He didn't say stay in the houses, unless there's a pandemic. He didn't say it. He said, don't forsake. So that's what we did. We have a higher law. We obey God's law. We do not bow and submit ourselves to an evil law made by man 
in order to take our freedoms. The right way to have presented that, if it really was a real pandemic, would be, this is what's happening, stay in your houses. If you like, put a mask on, do what you need to do, but not, we force you to do this. Right. Yeah. We force you to do this. That's a whole nother ball game. Yeah. Amen? Amen? So, the minute we smelled that rat, we're like, we know what's going on. And you need to know what's going on. You're children of the day. You're children of light. Walk as children of the day. Walk as children of light. Use your authority. Get into the word of God. Amen. Go to um, that scripture in Timothy. For I know whom I have believed. For this reason, I also suffer. This is Paul. For this reason, what's 1 Timothy uh, 2.12? 2 Timothy 112, 2 Timothy 112. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he, Jesus, is able to keep what I've committed unto him against that day or until that day. Just a few chapters over from what happened to the three Hebrew young men Daniel was in a situation with another king because Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom fell. And his son, he lost it through his son. And then here comes King Darius of the Medes and the Persians. They came and they wiped out the Babylonian kingdom. And here King Darius loved Daniel and set him up over his kingdom. But, you know, Satan's always trying to find a way to hurt God's people. And so they came up with a law and decree and the king, not really knowing God too much, he's like, yeah, that sounds good. Everybody that worships in any way, they got to worship me and no other person. When Daniel heard that, he went to his room, opened up his windows, as was his custom. His custom didn't change. Our custom here at Word of Life Church does not change. We're going to open up the doors. We're going to open up the windows. We're not going to forsake the assembling of ourselves, and we're going to gather the people in and get them born again and saved and healed and delivered. And he went to his room and opened up his windows as they always did when he prayed three times a day. And he would always set his face out that eastern wind that, that uh, was towards Jerusalem because he was in captivity. And he knelt on his floor and he prayed. Oh, and they heard him pray. And they caught him. And they ran and tattled on him. Brought him to King Darius. And King Darius said, oh gosh, I have screwed up. This particular king was not enraged. He was saddened. He's like, they have tricked me. He was looking constantly for a way to get himself out of that decree that he had made and the signet on his ring. And he could not. And they held him accountable. And said, you better be throwing him in the lion's den because this is what your ring says. This is what the signet, this is the command. And so he stayed as he, they threw him in the lion's den. He stayed awake all night and he prayed and fasted because he knew some, something of Daniel's God. And he rushed up to the pit in the morning. And he said, oh, Daniel, oh, Daniel, has your God saved you from the mouth of the lions? And he was crying he wasn't sure and then Daniel's voice came up from out of the pit yes O king my mouth my my uh, my God has sent an angel 
last night and shut the lion's mouths. Amen. Got them up out of the pit, and then the king decreed and threw all those ones that and their families into the pit that had decreed against him and had tricked him. And it says that the lions ate and broke the bones of every person before they even hit the floor. They were gone. Smashio. That's your God. That's not Daniel's God alone. That's your God. Bow your head in prayer. Father, we thank you. You are the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. You are the God of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. You're the God of Daniel. You're the God of Word of Life Church. You're the God of Megan. You're the God of Nikki. You're the God of Justin. You're the God of Tiffany. You're the God of Liz and Alex. You're the God of us. You are our strong tower. You are our refuge. In you do we trust. Our heart is established. Trusting in the Lord. We are fearless. There is no fear. There's no room for fear. Fear is only of darkness. And there's no room for fear in my life. Because God is light and God's in me. And in him is no darkness at all. And I stand on your word. And I put my attention, my focus, and my ears always listening for your sound, oh God. What is your sound? I will refuse to listen to the sound of the world, the sound of the devil, the sound of the naysayers, the sound of the evil ones, the sound that would like to restrict and to hurt and to put in chains and bondage. But I fear you, oh God. I keep your commands. I keep your statutes. I honor you. And there is no room for the fear of man in me. I will not be entrapped in the snare of the fear of man or in the satanic devices that would try to come against me because my fear is in the Lord. And I love you and I reverence you this morning. Our altar workers, I'm going to call them forward. And Justin, I would like you to close out the service. Pastor Justin. Today, if you do not have that spirit of faith that she's talking about, I encourage you to become born again if you do not know that you know that you know that you know that Jesus is Lord of your life. I asked a friend the other day, I said, are you sure that you're going to make it to heaven? He said, that's between me and God, mm. and which told me he doesn't know. If you can't tell me Romans 10, 9, and 10, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. If you don't know that scripture today, it says that he who ever believes will not be put to shame. There's no shame in the gospel. There's no shame. Your life does not go from shame to shame to defeat to defeat. The Bible says That's from right. glory to glory. glory Becoming to glory. a Christian and becoming a, a new creation in Christ is the best thing you'll ever do with your life. And actually finding more about who you are in Christ. And it says um, in Romans 5.20, the law entered that the offense may abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounds much more. Yes. Even in your life today, if you need prayer for anything, if you said this week has been a terrible week, I've sinned this week. <laughs> The Bible says where sin abounds. 
grace. grace abounds much more. Yes. In America, where sin abounds, God's grace is going to abound much more. I encourage you that if you need prayer, if you need to become born again, come up. Let somebody pray for you. The Bible says where two or three are gathered. Amen. And the Bible says you will not be put to shame. I want to invite you to that. Also pray for pastor. He's coming home. He did not get a deer, so... So he'll take money for So he'll take money for pastor appreciation. <laughs> <laughs> or get him a nice, order some bison steaks or some Wagyu or bring him something and say, we were believing God in November that you'll, he'll, you'll get a deer when he goes back. Amen. So he just had a birthday. I know we didn't tell people. He doesn't like to put it out there. September 24th was his birthday. And we also have pastor appreciation. So... The Bible says those who preach and teach and labor in the word, double honor. And I guarantee you, you do that, you'll, you'll see a blessing in your life. Amen. Mom was actually telling us something about you reap what you sow. And uh, this morning, actually, there's times, I think I, I sewed some shoes recently, yeah, a couple of months ago. And somebody just brought me a whole pile of shoes, Woo! brand new shoes. Amen. And that's happened many times. So, um... God never designed sowing for you to decrease. Amen. He didn't design that you would give to pastor and become broke. Actually, the people in the Old Testament would give to Moses. They would take their gift to Moses. There is actually a law that, that would say to bring the first fruits to the priest of the land. There is actually something that you put into place. So I encourage you. Dad will never get up and say, hey, give. But I'm encouraging you. I've given to Pastor Mark. <laughs> And as you can tell, I've been very blessed. There is some, and every time I go out there, I bless, uh, Pastor Mark sows a lot into me. When you get the word sowed, you, reap, uh, you sow your material things. And so I've given a lot to Pastor Mark and my dad um, because of what they've instilled the word into me and that honor. And um, I will say that I've been blessed every time I go out there. I'll, I'll wash all of his trucks. I'll take an offering to him and bless him because I know it's a spiritual law that I'm putting into place where the Bible talks about you can honor with, you can respect with words, but you're going to honor with substance, especially the man of God. And uh, look at what happened to the woman who uh, Elijah, or was it no, Elisha had to look at her and say, she said, I'm about to die. And he said, make me a cake first. I mean, that's, you hear a preacher say that today, CNN would all be all over it. You know, fat or rich preacher tells older lady in congregation or older man to make him cake before they die. <laughs> Dying with COVID, preacher walks in hospital and says, get up and make me a cake. I mean, you, you imagine what you would hear today. But Elisha knew that if she would have done that, and she did, and he said the oil will never stop until the famine quits. And she went and she paid all her debts, and she paid them right away. I think the same was that Elisha was traveling, or Elijah, one of the two. And the woman said, I'll build a partition on the side of my house for this man of God. The upper room. The upper room. Yeah. Look at in the Old Testament everywhere that they did that, that they bless the man of God. I mean, um, what was it? Was it Cornelius was always given to the poor? God, and it says that it alms to the poor, and it says it was a sweet smelling aroma. 
that was just given to the poor, but look where people gave to the old, these old covenant people and what God would do um, for them in their lives. And uh, Elisha was just one, was one, I mean, the oil, it said never, it never ran out until the time of famine was over. So I encourage you that if it's on your heart, not pressuring you, I know dad would never get up and say this, but if you think about them, God puts it on your heart, get them something for pastor's appreciation. October 10th, Megan said, and his birthday. So we love you guys. If uh, everybody else would leave quietly while the rest come up and get prayer, if they want prayer, and you can turn the music up. You guys have a wonderful Sunday, and Pastor will be back tonight. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.